Welcome to the Operation Restored Warrior Podcast. We are first of all veterans helping veterans find healing and restoration through the power of Jesus. Join us as we share stories of what Jesus is doing for our nation's warriors, as we share tools and resources to empower you to a deeper relationship with Jesus, and as we introduce you to our amazing partners that are advancing the kingdom of God across the globe. And now, let's get to the show. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Operation Restored Warrior podcast. But I am super honored to be joined today by Mike Ramrod Elrod. He's one of the facilitators for this drop zone. And so we just felt like we'd break off and have a little conversation. How you doing, man? Good, good. Good to be here. Yeah. A little, little chilly for you. A little chilly for my San Diego self, but uh, not going outside much. So yeah. our work is in here. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. We got in on uh, Wednesday, and I think it was, what, like negative 12 or something? It was crazy. cold. It was cold. Anything <laughs> below 50 is way too cold. <laughs> That's awesome. A few guys have gone out, like you <laughs> yes I ventured out a few times but I mean I'm I am bundled face wrapped oh yeah a couple yeah. layers of gloves for us mortals <laughs> staying inside where it's pretty warm so. yeah and there's yeah. always people to talk to so right guys have a lot on their mind which mm. is good yeah and your drop zone was my drop zone was uh, December of 2012 at mm. uh, Four Eagle Ranch in Colorado Entirely different crew there at the time. Uh, the only person that is still with us is Paul, who's our founder. And uh, since then, there's been an evolution of new facilitators. But mm -hmm. uh, the program is very, very much the same, same results. And for those of you who uh, who are looking at coming through, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who is in the program, it's just uh, Jesus is going to show up every time. That's a fact. And uh, he does, without fail. Mm -hmm. And we just we just uh, come here as facilitators. He works through us, as you know. And, well, we get a lot out of it, too, as facilitators. We, we really enjoy being able to share this work and uh, especially working in the restoration of the men that come in because they're all not, we, we've been in the same deep dark hole that they were in yeah and if somebody didn't come along and pull us out we'd be in the same boat they're in so it's good to be able to give back I mean it's like hey these guys kind of saved my life so <laughs> you know what I'm uh, I'm I'm a little bit uh, motivated to mm -hmm. to do the same kind of thing it's it's probably one of the better feelings I've had in my life. Yeah. Now you've had a lot of good feelings in your life. So tell us a little bit about your story, where you came from. Uh, my background is, uh, and my, my pose was always that I, I'm a re retired fighter pilot. So I spent uh, 14 years in the Air Force and 14 years in the Navy. And somehow I lived through that. But that was, uh, that was an amazing amazingly fun career. I, I got to fly fighters for 28 years. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was pretty much all over the world uh, in some places that I 
didn't really look forward to going to, uh, but for the most part, it was amazing. It was amazing. The people I met, uh, the airplanes I got to fly, the experiences there were were really uh, quite an adventure, to say the least. So I'm I'm very blessed, uh, and I re I really thank God for the fact that I lived through it because. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff that we did, we were truly knuckleheads. I mean, we probably shouldn't have been doing what we were doing, but uh, with the exception of uh, the the combat where you're getting shot at or things like that, it was it was really a privilege. I mean, to be able to do the kind of things that you get to do in a supersonic fighter, it's it's not something you can explain real easily, right? The easiest way I can relate to, to most guys, most guys love cars. Yeah. So it's like, well, would you rather drive a Ferrari or a Formula One racer or would you rather drive a school bus? And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with being a school bus driver. Don't get me wrong. It's just if you had the opportunity to do both, my gosh, you know, that first, uh, that first, that first time in a fighter is really, really kind of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate. So my background is uh, pretty much military. I did, uh, I did go into uh, to civilian world for seven years as a test pilot mm -hmm. on the F-20 program. We did not sell the airplane. Uh, I ended up going to the YF-23 program, which mm -hmm. was, uh, it lost in competition to the YF-22 and I found myself in a building working inside six other buildings in a very secure area. I never saw the sun. Hmm. So I decided uh, that I would do something I said I'd never do, and that's fly an airplane with a toilet on it. <laughs> and I went uh, uh, somehow, Northwest Airlines hired me, and I ended up flying airplanes with uh, 15 toilets on them. Funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was great. I mean... 747 is a big airplane, bigger than my block, but uh, it was a different kind of fun. Uh, the challenges were different, but still an adventure. Yeah. And so it paid the bills, and uh, I had a good time. I saw I saw some different parts of the world that I hadn't seen yet. Uh, but like anything, like any job, the most uh, important thing is is the relationships you build. The people you meet, and uh, that kind of camaraderie that we that we had in in the military, mm -hmm. that bond that you have by working with guys in the military is a little different than what you see in the civilian world. Sure, but still, you build a bond, you build a friendship, mm -hmm. and you kind of look out for your buddies, and it's so it's good. But that was my career, uh, aviation, and uh, then some things. Uh, kind of went a little bit sideways uh, around 2008 I uh, had some financial problems and uh, as a result of that uh, I ended up pretty angry I was really really on the edge I was uh, I was ready to go after a guy who who was not uh, let's say a very high scruples as a result of that encounter, I lost my house, uh, I lost my retirement, mm -hmm. and I was basically bankrupt. 
and boy, I was, I was, I was really hurting. I was having a lot of uh, issues from nightmares, from things that happened in the service, and this kind of just fell on the backside of that, and yeah. it, it weighed me down, and I just didn't like who I was turning it out to be. I was, I was an angry man, um, and shortly thereafter, uh, Paul called me and kind of talked me off the, the edge, if you will. He worked on me. I mean, he was relentless, and I just said, you know what? This guy's got such tenacity that I might as well just go check this out. I mean, what can it hurt? Mm -hmm. I had gone to the VA, uh, and I went in, and I explained to him. I, I basically just asked him. I said, hey, have you got something to help me sleep? I... Uh, I just I'm having I'm having issues and so this lady who turns out to be a doctor said well what's the problem and I said you know I can't, I just can't sleep I'm having nightmares well how long has that been going on and uh, I said 35 years or so and their answer was initially uh, they wanted to load me up with drugs so after I mentioned that I had some issues sleeping, they took me in a room with three other shrinks, and two hours later they said, you've got PTSD. And I said, I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm, I'm fine, I, you know. So they told me about the programs they have at the VA, and I didn't, I said, I don't have PTSD. I wasn't blown up like, like the guys that I think should have PTSD, these were guys in the army, on the ground, they were getting blown up. Maybe an IED went off under their Humvee or something like that. I said, I flew airplanes, that, that, that can't happen to me. If I'm still here, I'm good. So for two years, I went to programs in the VA to try to, to, try to help me deal with my anger issues and the demons that were basically haunting me. And nothing against the people in the VA, they're good people, they mean well, Sure. but for the most part, I would go to these classes every week, like I said, for two years. And the people who conducted these classes were, generally speaking, college women who were, uh, I think they were getting degrees in, in psychology or psychiatry, mm -hmm. things like that, and very capable young women. Uh, we filled out workbooks on why am I angry, uh, do, I, do I have this characteristic or that, and they gave us workbooks to to try to, to try to do things to calm ourselves down, mm -hmm. and that worked to a, to an extent. But nothing against them. They they haven't. I mean, you just can't tell people what it's like to be in a in a situation where you might come in uh, to some sort of encounter where you end up with PTSD. You can't explain it. Mm -hmm. So even though they meant well, uh, I didn't get a lot of relief out of that. Mm -hmm. uh, in this particular group that I was with, I was with maybe 19 or 20 other uh, men who had PTSD, and I was the only one in there that hadn't been in and out of prison mm. numerous times during that two-year period. And these men were uh, even more angry than me, and so I had to... Uh, I had to step back and say, gosh, there's got to be something else. And like I said, right about that time, Paul started calling me. And so 
I, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out. I'm just going to go into this with an open mind. And uh, that was December of 2012. And I went. And in five days, just five days, mm -hmm. they made me feel better than I'd felt in 35 years. Yeah. I slept so well that night. It's like, ah, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it's like taking this 200 pound weight off your back. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Yeah. How can you do that in five days? They couldn't do it in two years. Yep. Either that or I'm just not getting the program. Right. But when I came through ORW, they, they just, I mean, the, the things that we did and the way that I, I mean, I met Jesus at ORW. Yeah. I, I'm a believer, but I never really, I never really communicated with, with Jesus. I never, mm -hmm. I never thought he'd listen to me. Right. Uh, I, I keep saying this. The only time I talked to God was the, what we call the fighter pilot prayer. And that's dear God, please don't let me F this up. Yeah. And you know, it was almost like making a deal. You know, mm -hmm. if you get me out of this jam, I'll, I'll be a good guy. I'll, right. I'll quit drinking for a month or something. Right. And God doesn't make deals like that. I mean, he, I mean, now I know. At the time, I was sure. so, I was just, I was just uh, thinking, oh, I can't, I can't believe I got away with that. I mean, mm -hmm. wow. And and I'm not the only one. There's so many guys. I see guys that get away with things. And then I see men who were better aviators than me, and I see them doing everything right, and all of a sudden they're gone. Right. You know. So there goes, <laughs> but for the grace of God, there goes me. Right. Why me? Why am I surviving this? Mm -hmm. And uh, through the program, I I learned that you know what we're chosen. Yeah. We're chosen before we're we're even. I mean, in your mother's womb. Are you kidding me? I mean, I love that thing. When that came on, it's, it's yeah. like, okay, well, you made, you need to be a little more selective. Yeah. Just, but there's a reason. Yeah. For it. It's so interesting because, number one, like your story, and there's so many veterans that are dealing with the same thing. Can't sleep, nightmares, PTSD, and what, what, what are the solutions that are being offered? Often, it's pills. It's pills or, you know, maybe maybe you get an opportunity to go ride some horses or do something. And again, I, I think all those people mean really well. I, I don't I think they have a good heart as far as what they're trying to accomplish. But the reality is riding a horse, medication, all of those things that that doesn't bring true healing to, to what's truly on a deep level what the issue is. And so you, you have so many guys that are just kind of floundering like, man, I've been going to this you know counseling program. I've been involved in this thing. For, for some, some sometimes years and years and never finding any kind of relief. Yeah. And yet the power that Jesus has in five days to just completely revolutionize our world. And I, I think it's amazing that reality that there's a purpose. Every one of us has a purpose. And it's just a matter of us hearing that and, and in a sense understanding, oh, and walking in that. And so often, you know, yeah, we haven't heard Jesus speak or we haven't perhaps looked for him to speak in, in the way that maybe he's been speaking to us our whole life. And uh, so it's, it's such a powerful time to be able to just, I don't know. I mean, before you came to your drop zone, do you feel like you had ever taken time 
to yourself to, to work on your heart or to, to like consider any of these deep things you were struggling with? No, never. Yeah. And to your point, David, I, I, I have to say I, I really enjoyed, I related to the guys that were in these programs in the VA mm -hmm. because they're military and they've quote unquote seen the elephant. You know, they, right. they're, pretty, they're pretty desperate. Mm -hmm. So we had that in common, but what we didn't have, even though our conversations were great and we could, you know, the camaraderie was good, I can get that down at the, at the, at the VA uh, or the uh, VFW. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got that, but what we didn't have is the tools to look at the wounds that we go mm -hmm. through. And certainly, you know, I, I was I was a big enough poser that I wasn't going to tell guys that hey I was hurting. Right. You know I was I mean everybody knew we had some sort of analysis as being. Uh, we've gone through some trauma of some sure. sort, but you just didn't come out and and start talking about the things that really the core of the matter. We just didn't do that. Uh, yeah, and my generation, I'm, I'm an older vet, so you just didn't. You there's no whining. You don't cry yeah. about it. It's like, okay, yep. that's what happened. Yeah, I kind of relate to my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad was in World War II, and when he came back, I mean, he he turned to alcohol. Yeah, and gosh, if it, if it, if there'd have been a program like this around for World War II veterans, we would have so many of those folks mm -hmm. still around yeah so and it's interesting too because so often we blame the combat we blame you know our, our time in service as this is what the true root is of of whatever's ailing me but do you feel like a lot of the the things that you were actually struggling with were before your service absolutely uh, and I didn't really know that until I went through ROW Mm -hmm. I didn't realize the wounds I had in the boyhood stage. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize what I was going through in the cowboy stage mm -hmm. or the way I was brought up, how that affected me, because that was all I knew. I thought right. that was normal. Right. And it, it wasn't normal, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to criticize my upbringing because sure. we can all be critical of our upbringing. <laughs> it is what it is. You don't yeah. get to choose your mom and dad. Right. You know, and I'm not going to say my dad... Uh, was a bad guy. Right. I idolized that guy. I mean, he was, he was a total stud. But mm -hmm. he was one strict gentleman. I'll tell you. Yeah. I, I was raised in boot camp until I was seventeen, the day I left. And when I went to the Air Force Academy, I relaxed. And it was wow. uh, back in nineteen sixty-seven. It was a pretty strict program. Yeah. It did not even phase me. People yelling in my ear, uh, getting screamed at for this mm -hmm. and that, didn't even bother me. Yeah, I didn't know that wasn't normal. Right, because that's the only upbringing I had. Right, and how many guys, especially in the military, are taking the time to sit down and talk about their upbringing? Yeah. And, oh yeah, my dad treated me like this. Like we're we're not thinking about that, and yet when you take the time to look back, suddenly it's like uh, oh. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think about the impact of some of these things in our upbringing, and, and I think that's one of those things for those of you out there that are that are like, well, you know, I didn't go through combat, or I didn't, 
you know, I was in combat, but I, you know, it didn't really affect me, didn't really, you know, do anything crazy. The reality is every one of us has been taking hits in so many levels of our life long before we ever joined the military. Yeah. I am not a combat veteran. And I felt a lot of diminishment when I came to my, my drop zone of like, man, I, you know, I'm taking a slot that could be for a combat veteran. You know, I'm just a National Guardsman. You know, all these things I was struggling with. But the reality is without fail, Every one of us has taken hits and assaults long before we joined the military. And if there are huge traumatic things that happened in the military, typically all that does is, you know, further or, or exaggerate the things that were already there. It's, it's, that's ultimately the root things. And I think that's what's so beautiful is you can bring five, six guys with totally different backgrounds, um, different branches, and bring them in there and it doesn't matter if they have combat experience or anything they come in here and then they can all bond under this like this this reality that hey we we have all taken hits we've all been assaulted and and all that other stuff kind of sloughs off to the side and and then you can have five six guys you know walk away with just amazing camaraderie uh, literally for the rest of their life is that something uh, that, that in your drop zone was really huge too is just the connection you felt with with the facilitators and then the other guys that were there with you was that a big deal for you it was I, I I really related that experience and compared and contrasted it to what I had done in the VA mm. and it was so readily apparent that it's like these guys have been there mm. they weren't they weren't all combat vets in fact it's very it was very difficult to, for me to relate to the the marines and the and the army specialists or right. whatever because their war is so different than mm -hmm. than my war they're down there in the dirt they smell it they see it you know they turn around and it's like oh my god it's it's kinetic it's right there with yes. you and just the audible for one mm -hmm. we don't get that we're right. flying around in a in a cockpit going five six hundred knots whatever mm -hmm. occasionally not always, but uh, it's very, I, I, I want to say it's almost impersonal. Mm. It's like, okay, you call me up and say, I got a target for you right here. And you go, Roger that, and let's put the bombs on that, or let's strafe that, or whatever we're going to do. Right. But I don't see, because I'm gone in 20 seconds, I'm out of there. Right. You know, and I'll, I'll pull up and I'll, I'll look for secondaries, I'll look for something. Sure. But I don't see what you see. I don't deal with the screams, the yelling, or I don't, I don't see somebody getting blown up mm -hmm. like that, unless, of course, uh, one of your one of your wingmen gets shot down. Right. And when that happens, that's like, whoa. Yeah. There's a guy I've been, I've been with for the last six years. I mean, he's he's a good friend of mine, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. So I dealt with it that way, but. My relationship with the with the men that I went through in the program was so much stronger mm -hmm. because they'd been there and done that. Yes. Okay. It doesn't matter whether you. I don't care if you're a SEAL or if you're a if you're a uh, an artillery guy. I don't. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You've had you've had to put up with that kind of thing, mm -hmm. and so I could I could just sit there. I was so on on the edge of my chair when these guys told their stories, and yeah. it's like whoa. Yeah. especially the facilitators, because there was no judgment whatsoever. 
-hmm. It was like, okay, you know what? I can see there's a wound there. Mm -hmm. That's a place where you're hurting. Mm -hmm. And just like Jesus, if you let me, I will come in and bring healing and wholeness there. Yeah. Just, just crack open a little bit. You know that shell that you put up at the VA where you're not going to talk about that stuff? Mm -hmm. Just give me a crack. Let me in there, and I'll make. I can make that better for you. Yeah. And boy, I'll tell you what. That's that's what did it. Yeah. Because I came alive. I felt. Mm -hmm. I felt like. You know, I can talk to Jesus. Yeah. I thought, there's no way he's going to talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if you knew the things that I've done in my life, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? I'm, it, it makes me ashamed. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not that guy now. I'm not that guy. It's just that God, God forgives us all. Mm-hmm. He's there for all of us. Yeah. And that experience that I had with, especially with, the other men who, I, and I look at these guys and I have so much respect mm-hmm. for guys like Chris Fields, who is, uh, he's, he's a hero. Yeah. I mean, all of them are. Yeah. Every, every single one of them, John Vondolo, Paul, mm-hmm. everybody. I mean, it was just powerful to me. It's like, wow. Yeah. I, I really feel like I can relate to these guys. Mm-hmm. They know what it's like. And it was so easy to let down the walls and just say, okay, I don't know who Jesus is, but uh, he's available. Mm-hmm. And I met him at ORW, and it's like, okay. And I know that sounds corny, but, you know, I really did. Yeah. I never talked to Jesus. It's yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like my Texas friend said, yeah, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, God sweetheart. bless your soul. <laughs> bless your little soul. Well, you know what? I talk to Jesus every day. Yeah. I mean, more than once a day yeah um, so that helps because this the thing since ORW which was uh, nine years ago mm-hmm. um, it it's it's gone on mm-hmm. and uh, now that I'm here working with ORW it's even stronger right and it, it's really a good a good purpose for me it gives me gives me a a mission mm-hmm. if you will and I kind of need a mission you know, mm-hmm. it's tough to stop flying fighters, I tell you. It's kind of a, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Well, God's taken me on this adventure, and he goes, you want to do something that's really risky? <laughs> he goes, I can teach a monkey to fly, but I can't teach everybody to do this. Yeah. And so having the opportunity to step into this, it's like, boy. That's awesome. And I feel I feel like, you know, one of these days, I'm even going to learn how to do this properly. It's like... <laughs> Without all you guys, all my all my brothers at ORW around, I I mean it's a it's a it's a really good group that mm-hmm. supports each other. We all have our strengths. Uh, we get a lot of guidance, and mm-hmm. boy, it's just a, it's a great thing. Yeah, and it's really cool too because you get you get it. Ultimately, you get a twofer. You get the camaraderie that you felt in the military because you got that shared language, regardless of branch. You've got a bunch of guys together, and, and a lot of guys say that when they come to the program, too. Oh, man, it's been so long since I've just been hanging out with a group of veterans. And so there's there's that piece that's just awesome, storytelling, and, and certainly you have some amazing stories. Um, but then also, you have the level of vulnerability and transparency that you don't typically find, mm-hmm. really, much of anywhere, let alone the military, where everybody's, you know, Chest right. popped up, like I'm not going to admit that I have any weaknesses, and so you get this great camaraderie with with good, 
you know, men's men. And, but then at the same time, you have this transparency and vulnerability and, and support. There's no, um, you know, the criticism comes from a good place. Like everybody's humble. You can have a, you know, like rank doesn't matter anymore. And I, I think that's one of the big things that a lot of guys notice when they, when they join the team is like, wow, you know, here's a, here's an E4 or an E5 giving advice to, you know, 06 or 05, you name it. And it's like, whoa and it's and it's totally fine and you don't you just don't find that yeah and so it, it really is and it's been awesome to have you on the team and um you and i went through the same training and uh just just kind of cool to see our journey as we've progressed and um it's great too because we do tend to have a lot more you know grunts that have come yeah. through the program and so um it's great to have you. So for example, this drop zone, we've got another fighter pilot here. I can't relate to a fighter pilot, I can't. And, and most of the rest of the team can't. And so it's so great to listen to you guys talking, talking F-16s and, and all this stuff that some of it's gibberish, but it's so cool to see how God places each person in each drop zone, whether it's a facilitator, whether it's an attendee. And um, just so cool, because you guys can connect on a, a level totally different than than the rest of us and and just the joy in your guys's faces as you talk about it um just i love it yeah i love it so if if somebody out there is is kind of waffling wondering you know man i I, it seems cool i have these concerns whatever like what would you say to them if they're kind of waffling on whether or not they're going to come to a drop zone just just go for it take the chance i mean you got first of all all you got to do is get here it's paid for it's this program is, it will change your life. It will give you the freedom that you have not imagined. Mm-hmm. And just take the opportunity and, and accept the adventure. Life is a bold adventure. Just, just come and check it out because you will be healed. You will get, I, I mean, it's, it's like, have we, ever, have we ever seen someone come through a program who didn't get so much out mm-hmm. of it that they just said, I don't believe this is going on. Mm-hmm. So jump at it. If you're if you have a chance, if you're on the fence, come to the program. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the food is awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah. the food's amazing. The locations are amazing. Oh, yeah. And and if nothing else, what do you have to lose? Yeah, what do you got to lose? It's five days. It's five mm-hmm. days. I spun my wheels for two years. Mm-hmm. Boy, if I'd have known about this, think of the time I'd have. Yeah. So yeah, jump on it. It's well worth the. Uh, the experience that's awesome you won't be sorry <laughs> that's that's a fact jesus is batting a thousand so far yes he is <laughs> yes he is well mike it's been great to, to have a quick conversation with you those of you out there we'll see you next time and until then stay dangerous well thanks again for joining us on this episode of the operation restored warrior podcast I want to remind you to go check out our website at www.operationrestoredwarrior.org. When you get to the home page, you're going to see two tabs. One says, I'm a veteran. That's where you want to click if you want to apply to attend one of our life-changing drop zones. The other tab says support. And this is where if you believe in the mission of ORW and you want to continue to see lives changed by Jesus, Click here and you'll find ways to partner with us as we continue this mission. Thanks again, and until next time, stay dangerous.